0: Good morning. I'm Anna Palmer.
1: And I'm Jake Sherman.
0: And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, September 16th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got a look at how House Dems are struggling to get members to pony up their campaign committee dues. Number two, the latest on government funding. And number three, a look around at the political ad space. All right, Jake, tgif yes ma'am let's get to the number one story of the morning we are running at the top of Punchbowl news am this morning a look at how speaker pelosi trying to kind of guilt members into actually paying their campaign committee dues a perennial issue for democrats
1: let me just say say one thing first um in in a stroke of bad news for for Democrats, I'd say the average thirty year loan is now at six percent, Anna. That is up. Uh, that is the highest since two thousand and eight. I don't know why I just said that, but I'm just letting you know that it's an
0: aside. A- Good morning. That's yeah. how Jake's brain thinks. Yeah, my,
1: you're getting a peek inside my brain. Uh, as twitter flashes in the screen next to me um yeah so this is a perennial problem anna you and i've been writing about dues now for for uh more than a decade uh a story that brez is is uh always skeptical of because it happens every congress but this is a big problem because democrats are um uh they need the money. Both parties need the money. Um, and uh, in a meeting on Wednesday, Nancy Pelosi told her members basically this: what she hears from donors is, "Why should we give any money when your members aren't even giving the money that they should that they need to give?" And 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 how do members know that? Because we we've not we but we in the press have reported this uh, that they've been having troubles ponying up for a long time. This is an amazing statistic. Um, 98 House Democrats have paid less than half of their dues. Now, dues are based on a lot of things. If you're in leadership, you owe more. If you have a good committee, you owe more. People criticize this because it's basically, in some sense, pay to play in a weird way, right? Because um, if you want a good committee, if you want to be in appropriations, financial services, energy and commerce, um, you need... Uh, ways and means. Your dues are higher. If you're in leadership, your dues are even higher than that. We actually decided to post the dues sheet in the newsletter this morning. So, like for example, um, the uh, Nancy Pelosi needs to pay a million dollars in dues. Denny Hoyer nine hundred thousand. If you are, uh, you know, um, uh, a committee chair, you need to pay. You know, there's all sorts of metrics by which they they judge this. Now. I, I on tonight on Monday night, Jim Clyburn, the House Majority Whip, is hosting a dinner for people to get square on their dues. So you come to the dinner, you pay your dues. How maybe great ha- is
0: that? Have some food, write a check. <laughs> maybe
1: you get a, maybe you get a drink, but <laughs> I'll tell you what, Hannah. Uh, if it's, I don't know where this dinner is, uh, but for a hundred thousand dollars, you can probably hire a chef to do to do your own dinner. But uh, it'll be an expensive dinner for some members of uh, the House Democratic Caucus. Now, I I, I want to say one more thing. Um, part of this is because pulling back the the lens a little bit. Part of the hesitancy is because campaign committees are not as relevant as they once were, right? They're not as important as they once were in the era of super PACs. And also Sean Patrick Maloney, who primaried one of his own members of the caucus is a lightning rod for controversy, period. I mean that's that's just the facts of that's just the facts of the case. Um
0: yeah, but I think it's even more than that, right? Like I think we've seen this trend line of this struggle as you know. I mean we've been writing about this for 10 plus years of, you know, leaders trying to get members to pony up their dues. There's some members that are exempt from this if you're on the front line, you're one of the most, you know, vulnerable members, you don't have to pay your dues, but I think there's a broader issue where you look at some of the more progressive members, members that are coming in who, one to your point, don't see the efficacy of the campaign committee. They want to maybe contribute directly to the uh, their fellow members themselves, or they have a different kind of theory of the case around. Giving and don't want to be associated with uh, a campaign committee that does take checks from lobbyists. It does take checks from corporate uh, entities. You know, so when it comes to that, I, I think you're also dealing with another issue that is not going away, and frankly, is probably going to become even more prevalent uh, if there are more progressives and um, more, as newer blood comes into the House Democratic Party.
1: Yeah, and you're t- and you're referring to Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who says she doesn't like to commingle. Like that, her grassroots money with, um, with I think what she called big money, um, and uh, and of course the DCCC does um, not have the the stringent guidelines that a lot of members have on who they'll take money from. They 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 do take money from lobbyists and PACs, and um, uh, you know the idea that. Here's the thing. Yes, it is useful for Democrats to raise money for for individual candidates. It is useful for Democrats to um, donate money to individual candidates. But a hundred thousand dollars to the campaign committee, a hundred fifty thousand dollars to the campaign committee, um, is uh, a lot more useful than a fifty-six hundred dollar check to, or a five, you know, or a twenty-three hundred dollar check to a candidate or an incumbent it just is right i mean these committees are big they have to run lots of ads they have to do lots of things in the in in the next couple weeks uh and um and you know between now and election day which is 50 something days away that you know it's just not it's not the same you're talking about uh you're talking about two completely different things not you but the people who say well i give to campaign <laughs> i give to campaigns you know that's nice but it, that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about giving money to the d triple c and you know what it's people want you know they want people to be team players or the D C. That's just, this is, I understand that a lot of people feel icky about this, but it, it is what Congress is at this point. and um and it has been for a long time. And um, if you want a, a muscular campaign committee, then you got to do this. Now, Republicans, just as a a a comparison, I mean, they they have what they call altar calls, where they, you know, McCarthy Kevin McCarthy goes up and says, "I need we need more money for the for the NRCC," and people line up and give you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar checks, a million dollars, you know, you know, they give a lot of money. The Democrats don't seem to have that kind of uh, that kind of vibe in their caucus.
0: Well, and I would just say, and we can leave it here, which is. There's also been the historical uh, massive fundraising by Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, who has really done the vast majority of the fundraising for the campaign committee um, over the years, and I think that's one of been one of her strengths as leader. So um, I think they've also relied on her ability to get that money in to make the DCCC relevant, to you know make it so that they have the the funds that are needed. So it'll be interesting to see where uh, it all shakes out. And if this uh, dinner of uh, Mr. Clyburn's uh, next week turns into something uh, bigger, we will certainly be reporting on how that goes. All right, let's to the number two story of the morning. Um, Super relevant. Congress left town this week without taking action on a short-term funding bill to keep the federal agencies open beyond September 30th. Um, We are not predicting any sort of shutdown, but there is a problem, and that is permitting reform. Um, Jake, we've been talking about this issue all week and the effort by Senator Joe Manchin to uh, try to get a permitting reform proposal as part of this continuing resolution, but uh, the the prospects seem pretty grim right now when it comes to permitting reform.
1: It does. Uh, The prospects are not great. So this was part of the inflation reduction act this deal that that schumer chuck schumer would push for joe manchin's permitting reform bill in this legislation um it couldn't get into the reconciliation package because of the senate rules schumer said he'd do it here manchin says he wants it here now manchin told west virginia press well let's take a step back for a second the progressives don't like this republicans don't like it they like another bill by Shelley moore capito um which is a little bit different. So it's a West Virginia uh, battle here. Um, now, if the progressives are are up in arms, they don't want to, sub- especially Bernie Sanders, they don't want to subsidize more Oil and gas production. Um, uh, they think it's crazy to do so. And and Mansion told West Virginia Press yesterday he needs 20 Republicans to support this thing. Um, that's a lot. That ain't going to happen. Um, so the question is, do they put? Do there's a couple different ways this could go. Number one, can they get Shelley Moore Capito to cut a deal with Manchin and get it in the reconciliation in in the in the government funding bill don't know they've barely, they've been talking but i i'm just not confident about that no one wants to help mansion that's the problem republicans don't want to help mansion right now because they think he was he you know kind of hid the ball so to speak on the um on uh, the the reconciliation bill, said he wasn't going to do it, Then he that he did do it. So the, there's a, a little bit of that going on. Um, they have to figure this out. We're 14 days away from a government shutdown, and I don't think there is a government shutdown. Um, and, and time is short, right, because next week Congress is in. Then it's Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish holiday, which Congress goes out for. And then they come back and they have... I think Rosh Hashanah is Monday, Tuesday, so they'll have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yesterday, Steny Hoyer, the House Majority Leader, warned on the floor that they might have to stay in on Saturday next week or in two weeks on October 1st to get this done. Um, Now, they could wrap this up next week. I I don't see it at this point. I I mean, I don't know what's going to, do they drop the permitting reform, be a big defeat for Manchin as he's trying to get this mountain Valley pipeline in West Virginia, uh, something that Bernie Sanders is vehemently against. I I don't know what the off ramp is at this point. It seems like there will be an off ramp, but someone's going to have to, going to have to kind of eat something they don't like, so to speak, Mm. because, because they're going to either have to cut a deal and Manchin's, Manchin's kind of, uh, bill will have to change or I I just don't know what's going to happen here. But um, again, 14 days out from a government shutdown and here we are.
0: I just want to add one other quick thing because this is uh, we've been reporting on it and I know we've been talking about this podcast, which is the same sex marriage uh, bill and the effort by Democrats. There had had been a big push to try to get something this week uh, into next uh, in terms of codifying same sex marriage into law. Uh, But now Democrats have pushed that off until the midterms. Uh, Republican supporters of the measure were pushing for the delay, suggesting more Republicans could be Uh, Open to supporting it if it was taken uh, away from kind of the the pre uh, midterm, you know, in in terms of kind of taking the politics, quote unquote, out of it. Um, And the fact that Schumer decided to do it is really interesting. Um, He could have force Republicans into a very difficult vote to to score political points and and to kind of make this another uh, kind of part of the culture wars going into the midterms, kind of post-Roe versus Wade. Chose not to, Jake. Really, really interesting, um, you know, kind of strategic decision. Uh, Probably much more likely that this ends up becoming law because of it.
1: That's right. Um, the other thing that uh, that's, that's worth noting is it shows incredible restraint by Chuck Schumer to um, uh, not force Republicans into this vote and force them into a tough vote before the midterms. Um, he he seems to actually, at this point, want to get a result here, want to get this codified into law. I wasn't suggesting he obviously is for this legislation, but he could have forced a vote now and then also forced a vote after the midterms. He didn't do that. Um And uh, I I do agree with the theory of the case that it will be an easier vote after the after the midterm elections. I think Republicans have turned a page on this by and large. Not everyone's happy. Elizabeth Warren was pretty heated yesterday, said they should do this vote now. And if Republicans don't want to vote now, it means they're on the wrong side of history. Um, A lot of Republicans just feel like, Anna, this uh, not all Republicans, but many Republicans feel like. This is no longer an issue. um, uh, Same sex marriage. It's. I mean, remember when we, you and I, started covering Congress, they were Republicans were trying to put into the Constitution Mm -hmm. that 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 same sex marriage and and marriage was between a man and a woman and and um, they're no longer Obviously, they're no longer trying to do that. Now there are there are still Republicans who are only for. Uh, marriage between a man and a woman. Lindsey Graham told me yesterday um, he's not for overturning DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. Um, So, I mean, there are a lot of Republicans who who are still not on board with this, but they are, you know, they are closer to 10 Republicans, which they would need to break a filibuster than they've ever been before. So, you know, they got to I think this is going to happen. I just think it'll have to happen after the midterms now.
0: All right, let's quickly move on to the number three story of the morning. We have a look around the political ad uh, landscape, as we often do. And at least one worth noting in this morning's newsletter, Senator Chuck Grassley's campaign describing the 88-year-old senator as a quote-unquote push-up pro and a runner in a new ad. The spot also says Grassley visits all 99 Iowa counties each year and has the best attendance record in the Senate ever. And it says that... uh, if they, if they put Grassley back in office, he'd be the most senior in the entire Senate, and that would be priceless for Iowa. So interesting that they're leaning into not only his seniority, but also uh, his vibrancy because of his uh, age, the at the ripe old age of 88 years old.
1: 88 years young, Anna, is what oh, we say. <laughs> much better, much
0: better, Jake. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: you know, I will say this. I, I, I There are a lot of arguments for term limits and age limits in Congress, but um, I get that. Grassley seems to be... I mean, I, I watched this guy run through the halls. He's he's not... There are some old 88s and there are some young 88s. If there is such a thing as a young 88, he's a young 88. Um, you know, Democrats don't think this is much of a, ra- of a race. They have Mike Franken, former Vice Admiral of the Navy, who is um, running against him. Chuck Schumer, yesterday we reported, told a private dinner of senators that they don't think they could win in Iowa. So... um you know not much of a race for grassley but he's clearly trying to beat back on this idea that he's too old and too um uh and 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 no longer fit for office now if, if he wins i imagine this will be his last term because the laws of gravity like age are gonna probably get in his way um but uh clearly trying to trying to try to combat that narrative that he's that he's too old for office at 88 years old which and when when we're 88 years old we're going to still be doing this podcast so
0: every every day jake it's gonna be <laughs> glorious <laughs> All right, with that, just want to flag one other quick thing. Yesterday, Jake and I sat down for an in-person live conversation with Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers, the Republican in Washington state and uh, likely chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee. If Republicans take the majority uh, next year, she had a lot of interesting things to say about her priorities, where she plans to to, to focus on going into, into next year, whether that's tech, whether it's oversight, um, really an interesting conversation, Jake, and you can check that out at our events hub. And as always, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. You can sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.